Yo, what's good? Welcome to episode 6 of Blast Fight Life Podcast. Thank you all for joining me. It's been a long time since I've done a podcast, since the summer. I've been in school full-time trying to get this master's degree. But hey, my love for MMA, it's still there, you know? I'm still training judo, jiu-jitsu, muay thai. I try to go when I can, but I have to jump on here and talk to all my followers about my first experience witnessing the UFC. I witnessed a UFC event for the first time at 27 years of age. I started watching UFC at about 15 or 16 years of age when I first joined wrestling in high school. And my dream was always to go to a UFC event, but you know, I never had the money. Being a college boy, you know, don't have that much money. But now that I'm working full time, you know, I got some cheese saved up. So I had to go to a UFC event. Last year when I heard that they were coming to Honda Center, I told myself, I'm going to fucking go. And I did. The day of the fight on Saturday, I was so excited. I woke up. Uh, as soon as it was time to head out, I got in my car, got on the freeway. I was going like 90 miles per hour, fucking blasting some music. And I was telling myself, fuck yeah, I'm going to a UFC event. How badass is that? I got there first and I experienced the UFC fan experience. So there was a lot of fighters there. And there was a lot of fans who were trying to take pictures with the fans. I got in line and I met Benay Darouche. He's a top three lightweight right now in the UFC, and he has a fight coming up against Islam Makachev. So the winner of that fight is definitely going to fight for the UFC lightweight title. And when I met Benail, I had some small talk with him. I told him about his good friend, who is also my Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, Coach Nick Varcazas. So I told him that I know him. You know, I told him that I'm training. And there was other fighters there. Brian Ortega was there. Juliana Pena, the new bantamweight UFC champion. Justin Gaethje was there, Chito Rivera, that's all I can remember. The longs were lying, but hey, as soon as I got into that arena, I was like, holy fuck, I'm here. I fucking made it. Let's talk about that first fight. The first fight that I got to witness, Kay Hansen versus Jasmine Jazudavicius. Okay, this was a flyweight fight. These were two badass girls fighting. Kay Hansen, she's fought in the UFC before, I think, two or three times, and she actually trains here in Orange County. And she bumped up to 125 pounds for this fight. And it was badass. You know, I saw the fight. Kay Hansen looked very good on the feet. She was throwing some good punches, good kicks. She did get taken down in that fight. And that's definitely what cost her the fight, you know. She definitely couldn't get off her back. And just really, I think that uh, she's just too small for flyweight, you know. She has fought at 115 pounds most of her career. But, you know, sometimes I know it... It sucks to cut weight. I mean, I've cut weight for wrestling, jujitsu. I, I know how it feels. You know, it's, it's, it's not fun. It's definitely not fun. But sometimes when you get to the UFC or big levels, right, you got to cut weight, you know. But overall, it was a good fight. Kay Hansen, you know, she definitely was feeling the support of the Orange County people. You know, I was yelling, yeah, woo, let's go, Kay. But uh, yeah, you know, she lost. But hey. She fucking fought her ass off, you know? Every fighter who fights in the UFC, in fact, every fighter who fights MMA, whether they win or lose, they fucking deserve all the respect in the world, straight up. I then watched the second fight, Vanessa Demopoulos versus Silvana Gomez Juarez. Okay, this fight was awesome because Vanessa Demopoulos, she won this fight by an armbar in the first round, but... She got fucking rocked in that first round. That first round, Silvana fucking hit her with the punch. And Vanessa fucking went on her ass. But as soon as she went on her ass, 
She started working her guard game and looked for that arm bar and it was fucking sick. One round. In one round. And it was cool watching her post-fight interview. If you follow ESPN and UFC on Instagram, you can see that Vanessa was very excited to meet Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan interviews fighters after. And she was like, whoa, it's Joe Rogan. And she jumped on him. And I'm like, hey, I've never met Joe Rogan. I would have probably done the same shit if I met him, you know, been like, hey, yo, what's good, my man? I watch your podcast. You're a badass guy, Fear Factor. But yeah, those were the early prelims. So the first two fights of the night was two girl fights. And they were awesome. They were very awesome. The prelims, let's jump into the prelims. The first fight was uh, Matt Frevola versus Gennaro Valdez. This fight was cool because I know that Matt Frevola was on a two-fight losing streak. And let me remind you guys that in the UFC, when you've lost two fights in a row, three fights in a row, it starts to get, you know, a little dicey because you know that fans might have lost some trust in your abilities. You also know that maybe your uh, managers or sponsors or even coaches have had that talk with you. Hey, you've lost two fights in a row. You've lost three fights in a row. You got to fucking win. You know, we're here to win, right? We're not here to lose. Matt Frevola knocked out Gennaro Valdez. TKO. It was fucking sick. This fight was a lightweight. And Gennaro Valdez, you know, Mexican fighter, you know, he felt all the support. Uh, long story short, too, you know, this UFC event, there was a few Mexican fighters on the card. So, you know, I saw a lot of Mexican flags in the arena, which was super badass. But Mafravola knocked out Gennaro Valdez. That was sick. Let's jump to the next fight. And then we're going to talk about the main card because those main card fights were some of the best. And I mean, those were the most famous fighters on the card, right? So the next fight was Tony Gravely versus Simon Oliveira. This was a bantamweight fight at 135 pounds. Tony Gravely, he won by a decision. What I do remember from this fight is that, you know, he got some takedowns and, you know, he just played it safe, right? You know, sometimes in MMA, if you can get a takedown on a guy and if you know that the guy, you know, is not getting up or doesn't have that good guard retention, I mean... You got to keep doing what you got to do, right? Regardless if the fight is boring or not, right? I do remember some fans booing during that fight. But hey, it's MMA. You got to win, you know? Bottom line, it doesn't matter if you're exciting or boring. You got to get that W in order to build that win streak to get you to eventually fight for a UFC title, right? Let's talk about the next fight. This next fight, Jack Della Madalena. If you go on my Instagram page, Blast Fight Life, uh, I posted the highlight of this uh, knockout. And I remember during this fight, you know, I went to go grab some snacks and I got into, I was watching the fight live from, from another area where I wasn't seated and it was a good fight. It was literally, I was staring right at the fucking octagon and I told my boy that I was there with the homie Steve, Hey, let's kick it here for a bit. You know? All right. Yeah, sure. Jack Della Madalena fucking knocks out Pete Rodriguez in the first round and the whole crowd just goes, Whoo! it was so badass. I mean, to just witness a knockout in the Honda Center with so many UFC fans, it was amazing. Jack Della Madalena. It was his first UFC fight too, which is awesome. I mean, can you imagine that? Hey, you're going to fight in the UFC. All right, fuck yeah, my first UFC fight. And then you knock your opponent out. That's fucking badass, isn't it? Okay, this fight that I want to talk about, which was the headliner of the prelims, Victor Henry. Victor Henry also made his UFC debut. And he also won. By a decision, 30-27, 30-27, 30-27 on all the judges' scorecards. Let me talk about Victor Henry's opponent, 
Raoni Barcelos. Raoni Barcelos, he's fought in the UFC before. He's had three, four, five, five fights, six, seven, seven fights in the UFC. I'm here on Wikipedia. Okay. Victor Henry has fought everywhere. He's had like 20 fights and he's from LA, Orange County area. He beat a UFC experienced fighter by decision, which was amazing. At the end of the fight, Victor Henry, he interviewed with Joe Rowan and Victor told Joe Rowan, hey man, you know, I'm 34 years of age. You know, I know my time is short here. I got a short window, but you know, I'm trying to make the best of it. That's so fucking inspiring for a guy at 34 years of age who's still chasing the dream of trying to be a UFC fighter. He finally made it to the UFC and in his first fight, he beats a guy who's had seven UFC fights. That's fucking badass. So Victor Henry, I am definitely a fan of you now. He fought at bantamweight, 135 pounds, and I follow him on Instagram now and I can't wait for his next fight. It's going to be badass. Let's talk about the uh, main card. All right, main card, five fights. There was one fight that I really wanted to watch that didn't happen Ilya Tupuria uh, UFC featherweight 145 pounds he was supposed to fight but hey he had some weight cutting issues it is what it is shit happens you know when you're cutting weight when you're dehydrating your body to fight you know crazy shit can happen you know you stop drinking water you feel a little dizzy you know you don't have as much calories in your body it happens right hopefully Ilya Tupuria comes back soon and fights safely right so bummer but you know we still had a bunch of badass fights let's talk about this first fight on the card michael morales defeats trevin giles by tko punch in the first round awesome fight awesome fight trevin giles the guy who got knocked out he's fought in the ufc before and he's had three four five six seven eight nine fights in the ufc he's lost four of those fights he's won three five of those fights but for uh his opponent uh, Michael Morales, who won that fight, super impressive, super impressive. And I mean, ladies and gentlemen, when you win a UFC fight by TKO or knockout, you know, you get more fans, you know, not only do you get more fans, you know, the UFC president, Dana White, commentators, you know, they start to, you know, ask themselves, holy shit, this guy just got a knockout. I mean, can he do it again, right? And not just that, you know, during the fight, also, when you get a knockout, the UFC page, they like to post uh, the knockouts on their Instagram page or their Twitter page, which can eventually, you know, get the fighter more followers, right? So good job for Michael Morales for uh, getting that TKO punch. It was awesome. It was a good way to start the main card, right? And I remember when the main card started at 7 p.m., you know, I was like, holy shit, I mean... Because at that time already, once it was 7 p.m., I have our, I had already witnessed six UFC live fights. And I was just, I was living in the moment, you know. I was just telling myself, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. I mean, I'm finally being able to watch a UFC event. You know, after 10 years of watching UFC in my room, you know, streaming these fights, going to Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the fights. In the back of my mind, I'm going to go to a UFC event one day. But again, you know. I never had that much money uh, in my 20s because I'm a college student, right? I'm still a college student. But yeah, Michael Morales, badass fucking knockout. Now we're going to jump into the, uh, well, we're already on the main card, but let's talk about the other fight that happened. Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Cody Stemming. Okay, let me tell you about this fight. Holy shit. Saeed Nurmagomedov. 
he fought Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen has fought in the UFC for a while already. I mean, both fighters have. First fucking round, Cody Stamen goes in for a takedown on Said Nurmagomedov. Said Nurmagomedov sees Cody Stamen's neck open, open. So he sinks in a choke, a tight guillotine choke. And as soon as the fight gets to the ground, Cody Stamen is already tapping. I mean, I've been submitted many times, many times by my coaches, by my teammates. And a tight guillotine choke, you have no room to breathe. You can't breathe. So this sucks for Cody Stamen because he's taken fights at two weight classes, bantamweight and featherweight. And he's already lost three fights in a row, right? Which is probably not good for him, you know? He's had a few UFC fights, though. He's had three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten UFC fights. And he's lost four of those fights. And he's won about four. So he's like one half, lost half. But hey, he'll come back. He's a tough motherfucker. Every UFC fighter is a tough motherfucker. But the winner, Saeed Nurmagomedov, damn. I mean... Because you got to think about this too, ladies and gentlemen. When a UFC fighter is preparing for a fight, usually they have about 8 weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks of prep time. Which means they're training full time, 7 days a week. They probably rest one day. They go to about 2-3 to three classes a day and they're sharpening up their tools. They're sharpening up their jiu-jitsu games. Sharpening up their Muay Thai skills, their wrestling skills, their cardio, their lifting. They're getting in shape. They're dropping their weight. And most UFC fighters, you know, they're getting ready for a, a three-round fight, five-round fight. But for a UFC fighter like Said Nurmagomedov to go in there and shape and just... He only spent 47 seconds in the UFC cage. That's fucking badass. So that's two wins in a row for Said Nurmagomedov. And it just so happens that he's in the bantamweight division. The bantamweight division is one stacked fucking division right now in the UFC. Let me tell you that. We're having a rematch between Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. They're going to fight in March, I think. TJ Dillashaw, former champ in the rankings. Jose Alzo, former champ in the rankings. Corey Sanhagen just lost to TJ Dillashaw. He's still top five. Rob Font is there. Marab Davilishi, Aljamain Sterling's teammate. Dominic Cruz, the bantamweight goat. He's still top seven. We got Marlon Vera in the rankings. The bantamweight division is stacked right now. So for Said Nurmagomedov to get that win, definitely important for him. Let's see who he fights next. I don't know. Let's talk about the fight that happened. Michael Pereira versus Andre Fiajo. Michael Pereira is known. This fight happened at welterweight. This fight, this fighter, Michael Pereira, he's known for just being crazy. You know, after he fights, he does like backflips. And when he's fighting, he just throws like Superman punches and like flying knees and shit. Seeing... This fight was awesome because, I mean, these guys are welterweight, so they're a little taller, they're a little bigger. And Michael Pereira, he really, really put on a show. You know, he threw some good knees in the fight. He threw some Superman punches. Uh, and he looked good on the feet. He won by a decision, you know. He he won by a decision, 29-28 uh, on all judges' scorecards. He, be, he beat Andre Fiajo. And I was listening to the Weighing In podcast earlier today and yesterday. Hey, one of the best MMA podcasts out there, Josh Thompson, former UFC fighter, former Strikeforce fighter, and with uh, Big John McCarthy, one of the best MMA referees in the game. So go listen to that podcast, Wayne in W-E-I-G-H-I-N space I-N, Wayne in podcast. 
Michael Pereira, you know, he's he's a welterweight fighter, so he won that fight. Good for him. I'm 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 looking here quick on the UFC rankings to see if he is on the rankings. Don't know if he is. Uh, doesn't seem like he is, but I mean, he's 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 won already a few fights in a row. Michael Pereira, let's see how many fights he's won in a row. He's won three, four, five, four fights in a row. Damn. Okay, so he's won four fights in a row. So, you know, hopefully he gets a uh, top 15 opponent next. You know, we'll see what's up. But now let's talk about the two last fights that I saw. Holy fuck. Brandon Moreno, DeVias, and Figueredo. I just want to let everyone know that the UFC flyweights, 125 pounders, my favorite weight class of all time. My favorite weight class. Why? Because that's my weight class too. When I was wrestling in college, I wrestled at 125 pounds. And for my jiu-jitsu tournaments, I compete at 130 pounds. So the little guys were the quickest. We have to be quick. We have to be in shape. But let me tell you a little bit of history about Figueroa and Moreno. This is the third time they fought. Figueroa and Moreno first fought on 2020 in December. Back then, Figueroa was coming off of a title defense. And Moreno was number one contender, right? They fought. It was a draw. Okay, fuck it. They fought again last year during the summer. This time, Brandon Moreno... He submitted Figueredo with the rear naked choke. And he became the first UFC Mexican-born champion, which was amazing. And I'm telling you, man, fuck. When I saw these walkouts, I was standing up the whole time. I was standing up the whole time because I was in the back row. So there was no one behind me. And I was just yelling at the top of my lungs. And I just felt inspired, you know, because, you know, I don't train MMA right now. You know, I just train Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai. And, you know, I basically one of my goals before 30 is to compete in four martial arts. I already competed in wrestling in college and high school. I already competed in jiu-jitsu. I train judo right now. I have a great judo coach, Sensei Vega. I would love to compete in judo soon. And I would also love to compete in Muay Thai soon. That way I can say, hey, what's up, motherfuckers? I've competed in the four martial arts. Woo! Enough about me. This fight right here was so, so close. Figueroa won. Figueroa beat the first Mexican UFC champion. And now Figueroa is a two-time UFC champion. Two-time UFC champion. Brandon Moreno is now a former UFC champion. And he didn't have a title defense. This would have been his first title defense. Cool thing about this fight, it was it was so close. Brandon Moreno, he did get dropped in the fight about two or three times. The first round, you know, it was a lot of feeling. Now, it was... The, the first round was was very good. You know, uh, Figueredo, he's one of those fighters who just likes to move forward. And he's kind of like a mini Terminator, right? Uh, Moreno, he's more of a dog, right? He likes to bring it. He's a Mexican fighter. There's no quit in him. But something about Moreno in this fight, you know, he didn't really... Uh, how do I say this? He didn't really look like the Brandon Moreno that fought in the previous fight with Figueredo. Or even the first fight. Because if you watch those first two fights i think they're live on uh, youtube i think they're free on youtube brandon moreno is known for just coming after you with punches and kicks and knees and just taking it to you but you know i think moreno probably wanted to play a safer fight you know he he, he wanted to fight a safer fight and it, it cost him the title right figueredo he made a lot of changes because he started training with henry cejudo Former uh, wrestling Olympic champion, former UFC champion, two-time champion, two weight classes. We all know Triple C, right? King of cringe. But it was a close fight. I mean, 
A lot of people on Twitter, you know, thought that Brandon Moreno won three rounds. I had to go back and watch the fight. A lot of people thought Figueredo won the fight. A lot of people thought that the fight would have been a draw. But bottom line is, these guys will fight a fourth time. They will. They have to. You know, they're the best two guys in the division. And right now, I think, I don't really, as a fan, I wouldn't want to watch a fourth fight immediately. The UFC flyweights right now, they're fucking badass right now. I mean... We obviously got our new champion, Divgesin Figueredo. We got Brandon Moreno at number one. Askar Askarov, he's like a mini Habib. He's a badass wrestler from Russia. He's fighting Kai Kara France next. And that fight is going to happen sometime in March. So Askar Askarov is ranked number two. Kai Kara France is ranked number six. Pantoja, he was supposed to fight for the title. He's ranked at number three. I say... Fucking Figueredo versus Pantoja for the UFC flyweight championship. And Brandon Moreno should fight the winner or the loser of Kai Kara France versus Askar Askarov. The thing with Brandon Moreno is he's fought a lot of fucking fighters already, you know. Brandon Moreno, he already fought uh he, he already fought um Alexander Pantoja, right? And Alexander Pantoja he actually fought Brandon Moreno in 2016 on the Ultimate Fighters show in 2016 for the flyweights, 125 pounders. And uh, Pantoja beat Moreno by a rear naked choke. And a lot of people thought, hey, you know, fuck it. First round, Brandon Moreno lost. You know, he's done. But damn, look at him. He became the first champion, you know. Brandon Moreno is one of those guys that is a good example of never quitting on your dreams. He got kicked out of the UFC. He won a fight in the UFC. Came back and he's like, "What's up, motherfuckers? I'm I'm back." And he won like three fights in a row, and then he fucking fought for the title, and then he got a draw, and then he became the first champion. So Brandon Moreno, he's gonna get better. He's a Mexican, you know. Um, he he's 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 not a quitter. He's gonna come back stronger than ever. So whoever he fights, it's gonna be a badass fight. On the other hand, Davison Figueredo, he said he would be open to a fourth fight. But like I said, you know, I don't really want to watch that fight right now. I mean, and think about it too. You know, as a UFC fighter, you you want to be fighting different guys. You don't want to be fighting the same guy three times in a row. Brand Moreno and Figueredo, they fought each other three times in a row already, right? So maybe it, it might be time to move on to face new opponents. But yeah, badass fight. Definitely my favorite fight of the night. I mean, flyweights, little guys, 125 pounders, quick as fuck. The heavyweights, the last fight on the card, all right? We're going to talk about this, and then we'll end this podcast right now. Francis Nungano, the heavyweight UFC champion. He beat Steven Miokic last year, knocked him out in a rematch because the previous fight, he fucking lost. Cyril Gain. I posted a picture of Cyril Gain on my Blast Fight Life podcast, I mean, on my Instagram page. And Cyril Gain's a beast. Let me tell you a little bit about him, you know? He is a former Muay Thai fighter. In Muay Thai, he was undefeated. Fucking 13 wins from 2014 to 2018. Then in 2018, he's like, fuck it. I'm going to fight MMA. And he did. He fought MMA. He got three finishes. He went 3-0 before coming into the UFC. When Saro Gain came into the UFC, he only had three MMA fights. But check this out. First UFC fight, he wins by arm triangle choke. Second UFC fight, he wins by heel hook. Third UFC fight, wins by unanimous decision. Fourth UFC fight, he knocks out Junior Dos Santos, former UFC heavyweight champion by TKO. Then 
He beat Jarzinho Rosenstruck by decision. Then he beat Alexander Volkov, who's a badass fighter. He's a long, lengthy fighter. He beat him by decision. Then he knocked out Derek Lewis, a.k.a. My Balls Are Hot. And then he fought Francis Nugano. The thing about this fight is there was so much drama here because Francis Nugano and Cyril Gain, they both trained together. They were both teammates for a bit in Las Vegas at an awesome MMA gym called Extreme Couture. And, you know, there was this footage of both of them sparring that got released online. And now all these media guys are asking Gain and Nugano, like, hey, who beat who in sparring? But hey, let me tell you one thing. Sparring is one thing. Fighting in the cage is another thing. I've sparred many times, uh, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, but it's just not the same when you go into a cage or an event with the crowd, with the referee, with the nerves, you know? It's just you and the guy, right? Because in sparring, you got your coach yelling at you, hey, you could do this better. And in sparring, your friends and teammates, they're not trying to fucking knock you out, you know? You guys are trying to learn. In sparring, most of the time at the high levels, guys are going 80 85%. In a, in a fight, in a real fight, you're going 110%, you know, balls to the wall. I was so impressed by Francis Nungano. First of all, when he lost to Sipe Miokic, he lost because he didn't have that much of wrestling skills. But damn, first round, holy fuck. It was close. I would probably give it to Cyril Gain, you know. Cyril Gain was having his hands down a lot in this fight, you know. Muay Thai stance, karate style. He was throwing some good punches. He threw some good T-kicks too on Francis Ngano. But Francis Ngano, you know, he didn't panic. That's the really, that's one thing that impressed me. Second round was also, I would also give that round to Cyril Gain, you know. He did the same thing, just stand up, you know. After those first two rounds, I was telling myself, okay, two rounds into the fight. Cyril Gain is winning. Cyril Gain looks a little better on the feet. But then, oh shit, the table got turned around. Third round, Cyril Gain, I think he went for a kick or something. And Francis Nugano just, like, he just stepped in, picked up Gain. He just got a grip on it and just slammed him to the ground like a fucking little brother. And when he did that, I was like, holy shit. This fight could now either uh, be over because... In my mind, I just thought Francis Nugano is so, so strong that he's just going to TKO Gain. But no, Gain did a really good job of getting up. He had a good guard retention. He used his frames very well. And as soon as the fight got stand up again, you know, Saro Gain was kept doing his thing, kept throwing the punches, T-kicks. Fourth round, it was all Francis Nugano again. Francis Nugano went in for takedowns against the cage and... Cyril Gain, I mean, he looked good on bottom, right? He had good defense. He did get his guard passed. But in the end, you know, Francis Nugano was just way too strong on the ground. The fifth round was the craziest round of the fight. Because a lot of people thought going into the round that, going into the fifth round that, you know, the fifth round could have determined the winner. And it definitely did. Francis Nugano got a takedown. But damn, Cyril Gain, he was on top for a bit. I think he got a sweep. Saro Gang was on top of Francis Nugano for a bit. Then they were two heavyweights who were scrambling. And it was awesome because you saw two heavyweights who weigh like 250 pounds each scrambling in jiu-jitsu rolls. And Saro Gain in was trying to go for a heel hook. Francis Nugano didn't allow Saro Gain to twist his heel. Francis Nugano ended up on top just smashing him. And Francis Nugano won a decision. So now Francis Nugano has his first title defense as a UFC heavyweight champion. So good for him. 
Good for him. Cyril Gain, he's got nothing to be ashamed of. This is his first UFC loss. In fact, this is his first ever mixed martial arts loss. It's okay. He'll come back. He definitely will come back. His Muay Thai already is badass. He just needs to work on some jiu-jitsu and wrestling. And I'm sure Francis will fight Cyril again. You know, I'm sure these fights will, these guys will fight two more times. You know, we're witnessing right now two of the best heavyweights, you know, because Cyril Gain right now, he's beating a lot of guys. I don't know who else he'll fight, but there's a fight coming up. Tai Taivasu. If you guys don't know Tai Taivasu, he's the guy who knocks everyone out and then puts beer in a shoe and then drinks that shit. He's fighting. My balls are hot. Derek Lewis in Texas. That fight could possibly determine who gets to fight Francis Nugano next. You know, that would be awesome. I think if Derek Lewis wins that fight, which I think he should just because he has more experience. Uh, Francis Nugano already fought Derek Lewis. They fought back in 2018 of the summer and uh, Derek Lewis beat him by a decision. So, you know, that fight could sell. Hey, the rematch, Derek Lewis versus Franz Nugano. If Tatu Vasu wins, you know, I'm thinking it will probably be too early for Tai Tai Vasi to jump into a title shot. But I get it. There's really no one at heavyweight. Tatu Vasu beats Derek Lewis. He fights Francis Nugano. Cool, you know. Francis Nugano is facing a new opponent. Saro Gain could probably fight the loser of that fight. Or Saro Gain could just tell the UFC, hey, look, let me take a couple months off. I just want to train, get better, you know. I fought for the title already, you know, so I don't need to rush anything. Because Sarogain is still ranked, you know, top two, top three, right? But overall, I had so much fun at this UFC event. I'm inspired now. I'm inspired to keep training. And although it's hard right now because of school, right? I'll finally finish my master's degree in April. You know, I love all types of martial arts, judo, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. I'm inspired to compete, you know in my late 20s, 30s, I'm going to keep competing forever, right? And all these UFC fighters, they deserve praise because they put their lives on the line to give us fans a show, right? But I'm also inspired to go to more UFC events. I'm going to go to another UFC event this year, and I want to go to a UFC event this year in Vegas. I'm thinking maybe around my birthday, September, October. Maybe I'll even wait till November or December, you know? Uh, but yeah, I want to watch a UFC event again. Uh, I was wearing my Blast Fight Life shirt on uh, at the Honda Center. So on the back, I had my uh, name for my Instagram and Twitter page, at Blast Fight Life. So don't forget to share my page with your friends, guys. You know, I love talking MMA all the time with um, everyone on my page. On my Twitter, I just reached 100 plus followers on my Twitter. So that was great. Thank you for everyone on Twitter who's listening to to help me uh, achieve that goal, you know, two or three days before UFC 270, I posted a tweet that said, I want to get to 100 followers on Twitter. Can anyone help me? And people started retweeting. And, you know, I love the MMA community. You know, there's no shit talking. You know, we all just love watching MMA, right? And just like Dana White says, right? Fighting is in, our, in, is in our DNA. It surely is, right? Whether you train martial arts or not, we all have a fight in us, right? We all don't want to lose. We all want to get a job. We all want to get that girlfriend. You know, we all want to fucking make money. We all want to eat, you know? There, there's a fighter in all of us, right? So with that being said, you know, I want to thank everyone for listening to episode six of Blast Fight Life podcast. I'm definitely going to make another podcast uh, soon, maybe in February, but you know, let's take a quick sneak peek at the upcoming events. So this weekend we have no UFC event, no UFC event this weekend. Next weekend we have Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. 
this is going to be a badass fight because Sean Strickland is a one bad motherfucker. He don't give a fuck. He'll talk shit uh, after the fight, you know, on the mic. And he's just a badass, you know. Jack Hermanson is a very experienced UFC fighter. These guys are going to fight at middleweight. Then we have a pay-per-view in February. Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, the rematch. This is going to take place in Houston, Texas. Ooh, and that's when Derek Lewis fights Taito Vasa. Fucking badass. That's like in two, three weeks. Four weeks, I think. And then we have another fight in March, a UFC fight night. RDA, Rafael Dos Anchos, the former UFC lightweight champion versus Rafael Fisiev. That's the main event. Badass, badass. What else we got in February? Oh, my boy, Benelida Raouche. Damn, he's going to fight Isam Makachev. That's the main event. That's going to be a badass fight. And then in March, we have UFC 272, Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. This fight is badass because just like this fight that just happened, Sarah Gane and Francis Ngannou, Colby Covington and George Masvidal, they were both teammates. And now they're going to fight. Now they're going to punch each other in the face. They used to be roommates. They used to be friends. You know, there's videos of them training together. Ladies and gentlemen, UFC is here. 2020, 2021 was badass for the UFC. Dana White's a badass motherfucker, you know? He didn't give a fuck if a pandemic was going on, you know? He said, fuck you, coronavirus. I'm still putting on UFC fights. And he has. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to like and comment on every picture on my Instagram. It means the world to me. And I look forward to the next fight podcast. Cheers, everyone. Ezekiel is out.